I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it? With no investors and without an Ivy League degree, this podcast is going to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we've got with us Jeremy Nevis on the show. We're going to do, a, this is going to be a fun conversation. I'm yeah, excited. Sorry. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, Jeremy, I asked him what he did earlier and he said just kind of everything, right? <laughs> yeah. It's hard to give an answer, Yeah. but give us a, a two, maybe 20 second to two minute overview of all yeah. the stuff you're involved in, what you're working on. Then we'll yeah. dive deeper in all the stuff. Yeah. My favorite answer when people ask me that actually is I'm trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. Uh-huh, yeah. It's, yep. it's a lifelong journey, but um, I've got a few different things. So one, I'm doing some coaching and some consulting. Mm-hmm. So I've got a group about 12 guys that I do one-on-one coaching for and some mastermind together. Um, that's personal and business development focused. Mm-hmm. And that's the most fulfilling thing that I'm doing mm-hmm. business-wise yeah. today. I love just getting in and, and working on myself and, and helping see blind spots. And mm-hmm. it's teaching me more than I'm sure it's teaching them. So yep. super fulfilling aspect of what I do. Um, another thing that I'm doing is um, I've got a capital company, mm-hmm. um, Occupy Capital, and, and that's to syndicate funds for private investments. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a newer thing. It's something that I'm learning. I hadn't raised funds for any of my previous business ventures, and yeah. um, I was intrigued by that and how money works and, and deal structuring mm-hmm. and just being able to go in and look at different businesses and see how they're structured and how deals are structured. I know you know this really, yeah. really oh, yeah. well. I'm excited to learn from you on that. And um, so that's been a really, really fun project that I've, I've undertaken. And you just started this a little bit ago, you're just, telling me. Yeah, just a couple of months. But yeah, you've already done a few multi-million dollar deals, yeah. right? Under, yeah. your, under your belt. What yeah. were those deal sizes again? Yeah, so the first one was 2 point something, 2.2, I think. Mm-hmm. And then 4 million was another one yeah. that we did. And I've looked at and, and worked on probably six or seven others. Mm-hmm. So, um, And then... I'm also buying dental practices, kind of random. Mm-hmm. People are yeah. like, are you a dentist? I'm like, no, I don't even have good teeth. <laughs> You've got great teeth, by the way. But You know um, what's funny, actually? These are fake. I really? got them knocked out two no years ago so playing basketball, yeah. an elbow to the face. And anyways, yeah. now I got brand new teeth. So yeah. there you go. That's how you do Perfect it. Perfect teeth. Yeah. So yeah, we can help with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Should have gone issue. to your practices. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, just this is a fairly new venture as well within the last year. Um, <clears throat> buying dental practices. So we're buying dental practices. Um, primarily, well, all in Georgia right now. I've got a partner mm-hmm. out there as a dentist, and uh, we've got four practices. We're going to mm-hmm. roll up, um, go to 15 to 20 practices, mm-hmm. optimize them, find the economies of scale, and then and then exit, sell to a private equity company. Yeah, so that's awesome. That's those are cool. the three main areas I'm working on in, in my business ventures. Jeez, that, well, yeah. that's fun. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to answer. Yeah, what yeah. do you do for a living? Yeah. And then you know, when your story goes well beyond before this, this is yeah. just all this is all the new exciting yeah. stuff for you. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, take us back a little bit to how you started. You started in sales. Yeah. You tell me earlier. Um, it's door to door, right? Yep. Right yep. in college, door to door. Yep. Why did you choose that? And I, this, and if anybody's you know in Utah, you'd know yeah. all about door to door sales. But walk us through door to door sales as well, right? The people that come around, pest control, solar. You've got alarm systems that used to be probably. How'd you get yeah. into that? And why'd you start in sales? Yeah, yeah. So I went on a mission for my church. Yeah. Uh, I went on an LDS mission. I served in California, mm-hmm. two years knocking doors and you know preaching the gospel to people. Yeah. And talk about a tough sell, right? You come yeah. around and you tell them to give up all the things that they enjoy doing, you know. Uh, all the fun things mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and then also give up 10% of their income right? <laughs> as a tithing. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. It's a tough sell. Yeah. So, um, you know, I came home from that and, and I had a brother-in-law that was knocking doors, uh, mm-hmm. selling TV services door to door. And he's like, Hey, come try this out. Mm-hmm. And the first day I'll, I'll always remember this first day he takes me out and, 
Um, spent about 30, 40 minutes with me prior to going out, showing me the pay scale was probably half of that. The, the rest of it was, you know, here's the product, here's the service, mm -hmm. here's, here's what we offer, and here's, here's the brief pitch. But come watch me. And he would knock the door, and I'd watch, and he'd, you know, do his pitch. You know, we're out here with uh, DirecTV and Dish Network. Mm -hmm. We're helping people save money on their, their bill, and he goes through his whole spiel, mm -hmm. and he gets in these doors, and he sold three or four accounts while I was watching him. Wow. Geez. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And we got in doors left and right. I was like, man, we get in way more doors talking about TV than we did about <laughs> God. This is fascinating. It's hard to sell religion. It's Reli hard. I did a mission in Taiwan yeah. two years, spoke Chinese, and that's just, yeah. that's a hard sell. But it yeah, is. maybe DirecTV is a little bit, but still a hard sell. DirecTV, that's hard door-to-door -to -door too. Well, door-to-door yeah. -door in general is hard. It is hard, You're coming yeah. around, and people yeah. aren't expecting you to be there, and yeah. you're imposing on their space. But um, you know, I saw that and then he's like, Hey, do you want to, you want to knock some of these doors and, mm -hmm. and you want to try it? I'll stand here, give it your best effort. And if you get stuck, just look at me and I'll take over. Mm -hmm. And I remember knocking that first door and I was terrified. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. the biggest thing is I was terrified about him watching me cause he knew whether I was doing it right or wrong. Yeah. They had no clue. Right. Yeah, he's the expert. Yeah, he's the expert. And he yeah. just did it so smooth. And I'm trying yeah. to remember what he said and how he said it. And I, it was so clunky and I felt so uncomfortable after about two or three doors. I said, Hey, Bro, can you go on the other side of the street? And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm nervous about you being here. I'll figure this out, but mm -hmm. like, you know, let me just kind of jump in the fire. So he went on the other side of the street. I go knock doors and we go until sunset. And then I get mm -hmm. back to the other thing. He's like, so how'd it go? I was like, I got four. He's like, wow. you got four deals? I'm like, yeah. He's like, show me. And I show him all my deals. And I had messed up every single one of them. Like, like the contracts and I'd stuff. I messed up the contract. Oh, I messed up the programming. Yeah, yeah, I messed yeah. up the pricing. Like I had messed them all up. But you got in though. You but were I got indoors. In and, and, I, and I got through them. the process. And you right? closed them. Yeah. yeah. I might have done it wrong, but I did. So I had yeah. to go back and talk to each of them. And, and, um, and it was a humbling experience. And I was nervous. But mm -hmm. I think I lost three of the four. One of them might have stuck with me. Mm. But it felt like a major win. Yeah, I had learned. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and so I had a ton of success with that. It started out there. And... Um, I just started seeing the sky's limit. Mission teaches you that, right? Mm -hmm. You see people transform their entire life and you grow in leadership roles. And so I went in and I said, hey, what does it take in order to progress in this company? Mm -hmm. Progression's kind of like a common theme in my life. Yeah. Starting out, you know, mowing lawns and then it's like, okay, well now how do I own my own lawn mowing? And then yeah, I yeah. washed windows. And it's like, how do I own my own window washing? You know, mm -hmm. same thing happened here. And um, I said, how do I progress here? And they said, well, you know, in order to be a, a, a manager, first a sales rep, but then to be a manager, you've got to have, X amount of sales and then recruit X amount of guys, become a manager. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. There's no timeline? No, just you got to be able to accomplish those things. Great. So I, I became a sales manager. I said, what's next? Well, to be a regional manager, you got to have X amount of sales, X amount of guys, and X amount of managers that have X amount of sales, X amount of guys, mm. and you yeah. become a regional manager. And so from June of 2008 until May of 2009, I went from a solo sales rep mm. to a regional manager. Wow. And I had five managers and 60 reps underneath me. Jeez. And that wasn't because I was an exceptional recruiter and brought all those guys on, but I found key core leaders mm. that brought other guys on and, and were incredible trainers, arguably better than me at that. And this is mid-recession. -re yeah. Well, well, any correlation there? I had just, no idea. Oh, really? Didn't? Yeah, because yeah. like, this is my first career move. Yeah. Like, I don't own a house. I don't have a business. Mm -hmm. I don't have, you know, so I, I'm, I look back now and go, oh, so this is what it's, and I, I know this is maybe this COVID thing is not what it was in 2008. Mm -hmm. People's lives were just turned upside down. At that time I had, I really didn't know. I didn't have that mm -hmm. big of a grasp on it. Um, however, you also look at it and go, when people lose money and have all of these other issues going on in a, in a, in a recession, where's their form of entertainment? It's not going to the movie theaters and spending 17 bucks. Yeah, good point. It's not going out to the amusement parks. It's staying home and you got to watch your shows. Mm -hmm. And so 
arguably people wanted TV more. Interesting. Huh. And and really the way that our business was structured, we were at the time we were a dealer for different telecommunications products, mm -hmm. so TV, internet, phone, and we had different services. So if somebody had Dish Network, well, we offered Direct TV. Mm -hmm. The benefit of the new customer is that the new customer gets the new equipment at a lower price, and they get the new customer deal, mm -hmm. right? But they yeah. can keep all their same channels, so they're just switching to a different provider, yep. and they have to learn different channel numbers, and that's what you're convincing them to do. Gotcha, right? cool. So that was that was during so, that time. Something I love about your story is what I think a lot of people don't do is ask the path. You were very intentional about the path mm. to growth and success. I feel like, I don't know, yeah. a lot of people I meet I ask them five year tenure. Where what is the path you're on, and and where's the where's your vision, right? Yeah. And they don't they don't know, or they don't have it, or they kind of see. Well, yeah, I'd love to be a VP of my company or a CEO one or an entrepreneur one yeah. day, but they don't yeah. really map it out. You got down to the numbers. Okay, how many managers? How many reps per manager? I love that. I think that's that's crucial for for anybody in any industry and what they're doing. It's fascinating that you say that. I, I think back. You know, we'll get to this and and owning a business and everything else, but. So often people just get complacent where they are mm. and they don't know what else is out there, but they don't know just because they didn't ask. Mm -hmm. And by asking, it opens up so many doors, right? Yep. There's just, I, I feel like the, the higher up you are and the more responsibility you have in a business, it's not necessarily because you do more, mm -hmm. it's just because you know more. Hmm. So I think that's a great advice for people that are getting their start in business is like, seek to know, not just like to do all the things, hmm. right? Yeah, and, I and love that. Get out and crush and do the things, but um, knowledge is power, you know, into action obviously mm -hmm. and so yeah so, so you did this great. yeah, yeah. You, so you did this yeah and you done did well what are you mid-20s at this time yeah so i'm 21 you're 21 at this time I'm okay 21. and you've you've already you've already built the sales team the, the, the sales regional team. manager yep go and, out for the summer so that yeah. was from june till may yeah we go out for the summer 60 guys Jeez. right yeah this company so this is my first summer if anyone who's listening or in, in this is your knows, first summer this is my first summer oh i didn't do it before my mission i just got home from a mission <laughs> And I start. And you've already got sixty guys under you. And now I'm at this this summer starting, oh and I'm going. So from June until May, I was just knocking locally and would go on some blitzes or work at a home show. Uh -huh. But I'd never left the state and done a summer program, which is totally different. Yeah. You got to understand housing and market research and all these different mm -hmm. elements. Here's the worst part. The, to make things even worse, this company had never done a summer sales program. They had done year-round programs mm. locally, and yeah. there's a, there's a vast difference. So here we got a company that's never done a summer program. Then you got a regional manager who's never done a, even a summer as a sales rep running as a regional. Yeah. So the recipe there is you're going to learn. <laughs> yep. You're going to learn a lot. Learn you're going to learn a lot. How did it go? Yeah. <laughs> so we finished the summer with 12 guys. Oh, wow. Terrible, yeah. terrible retention. And, and those 12 people, you got cousins of mine, you got mm. friends of mine, yeah. and you got sister, you got family members of mine yeah. that are out there. That's who stuck around to tell you how bad it was. Like everyone mm. else is like, peace, dude. Yeah, I don't owe you anything, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, what ended up happening is, you know, we didn't, we didn't understand how to do market research. So we went to some markets that like, mm -hmm. I remember the first day we sold in, um, or we at Stockton, California or Reading or somewhere, somewhere out there. And the team sold 26 accounts and not one of them qualified. Oh wow. So just Jeez. things yeah. you just don't know until you've been out there and done it. Yep. Housing, they were signing year long contracts when we're only out there for a four month program, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Just all of these elements and getting furniture and all of the stuff. And so, we were getting eviction notices on our apartments. If, if knocking doors isn't hard enough to come home yeah. to an eviction notice and oh you have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, we learned a lot of really, really hard lessons during that summer. And so fast forward, I come home to, at the end of that summer and didn't make what I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. um, the company hasn't paid me all of what they, they needed to pay me. They're mm -hmm. in a tough spot. Yeah. They've leveraged to the hilt. And, um, and 
I, I'm faced with this decision of like, okay, I see the opportunity and I believe in it hmm. and I'm passionate about it, but I feel responsible for the people. I'm putting my name on the line and my yeah. reputation on the line. So if I'm going to do that, I need to, I need to have more control. Mm -hmm. And so um, I went to the company and just let them know, like, I've, I've got to do this. You know, either got to be a partner, I got to go do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And, and um, they hadn't paid me at the time. Some also oh, they're holding at the, the time too, about yeah. twenty two thousand dollars what they owed and and they weren't going to pay some of my my people's yeah. back ends and went to bat they were able to get paid but they didn't end up paying me oh wow and they said they, we'll they, pay, they said wow. we'll pay you as long as you stay and I'm like no it's the other way around yeah you pay me and then I get to decide if I stay yeah and so ended up having to you know take that leap left the company and, and they um, still they didn't pay you they never did wow geez. never did yeah. Um, I had the chance to go fight it and go legal and everything else. There's a whole story behind all that, but mm -hmm. I really just decided I'm gonna focus on what I want instead of what I don't want and fighting this thing, yep. more positive energy. And so 2009, mm -hmm. um, uh, so from May until um, August, I was running with that other company mm -hmm. during the summer, came home and September of 2009, um, right after my 22nd birthday, um, started started Excite and uh, mm -hmm. started my own company. And, and at that point, I'm like, I don't feel like I can go and ask anyone who just had that experience to come with me. Yeah, yeah, you I gotta find wanna, a new pool of you people. Gotta, you gotta yeah. find a new pool, and, yep. and I've gotta make sure that I've got the train tracks ahead of the train mm -hmm. in order to in order to bring people on. So started out, you know, very, very small, selling the accounts, hiring the technician, then ordering the equipment, answering the phone in a different <laughs> voice as customer service, like wearing all the hats, <laughs> oh, yeah. making sure we could figure it all yep. out before, before we went and poured gas into it. And so that was 2009. You're 22 right now. Yep. You guys launch. You launch Excite. Yep. Tell me about what what happened next. That yeah. summer, did you did you actually get be able to recruit people? So yeah. Were you just doing it yourself for the first year? How did it first, work? First summer, it was me and my brother-in-law were partners at the time. Okay. And so me and my brother-in-law, and then we brought on three people, three or four people, uh, before the next summer, and we mm -hmm. we all went out for the summer. Mm -hmm. um, I was the single guy. Uh, young single guy. The yeah. others were married, so they all had their own apartments. But my apartment was my bedroom, and then the extra bedroom and the living room were all where our storage for our inventory. Oh, geez. And where yeah. our computer was for processing, yep. you know, printing out for the routes and everything. So yeah. I routed the technicians in the morning, got them their inventory, mm. and then went out and knocked doors all day and, yeah. and managed what, the What team. were you selling? We were out in Indiana. At Indiana, what, what were you selling? Oh, what product? Direct TV, uh, oh, Direct still, still TV, same. Dish Network, yeah. and different internet products. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. See, so this is this true startup stage? Startup, just bootstrap just like everything. getting that, and it yeah. obviously did well. So what happened? Yeah. So year one, we did a thousand accounts. Wow. Um, we did just shy. I think it was nine hundred something thousand dollars in, in revenue year Jeez. one. Jeez. Yeah. And um, we learned a ton. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then next year, um, we had ten people, and we. We grew 50, 75 percent. I think mm -hmm. we actually did about 2,000 accounts. We ended up growing every year over year for 10 straight years, um, yeah. and then exited wow. in 20 end of 2018. God, wow, geez, that's cool. So in 2018, you sold to a, somebody else competitor. Yep, one of our competitors. Just all the all the accounts and everything. Yep. You exited out. So you exited. You how old are you at that time? Um, I'm 30. Let's see, I'm 34 now. We're 21. Three years ago, two years ago, so 32. 32, somewhere yeah, around there. So 10 years, 22 to 32. Yeah, 30, yeah. 22 to 32. You've been a decade doing that. Yep. Have a great exit on this business. Yeah. Um, and then it, now you're like, what do we do here? Yeah. And and I want to I want to get into what you're doing now because I think people on the show too are a lot of people are interested in on yeah. buying dental practices and other stuff there. Yeah. So tell me how you got into those businesses. Yeah. And we'll go through kind of each one. Let's start with dental practices. Go there. Yeah. Yeah, so um, fascinating. I'm going through this phase of like, hey, what do I want to do next? Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people are like, man, grow a business, you exit a business, like that's gotta be a great feeling. Yeah, like, well, yeah, did you wanna retire then? Or like, or no. not, like what, what was your thought process? I'm gonna no. go to the travel or like, what were you yeah, thinking? Yeah, so honestly, it's I'm hungry and I wanna get going, yep. right? 
But there's this interesting thing, and I, I don't know if a lot of people talk about this, but it was probably one of the most depressing times mm. because what I realized is that so much of my identity was wrapped up in my business, in yeah. my title, in my achievement, in the things that I was accomplishing. And, and to take a step back for a minute, it's like, wait a minute, mm. my value was so tied to that, you know? Mm. And even though you don't need the money right then, you're not making what you had made before. It's not coming mm. in the same. And yeah. so it was, it was fascinating for me to kind of look at that. And um, I did a lot of personal development, a lot of mm -hmm. introspection of like what matters most, you know, where, what do I really, really want? Yep. Um, if that first phase was achievement, where's the fulfillment side mm -hmm. of my life? And yeah. so I really started looking at, at that. And um, what I had did you to learn from that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I learned is that you don't have to choose achievement or alignment. Hmm. You can have aligned achievement. Hmm. So you can yeah. do things and, and it doesn't have to be the thing that you're doing that gives you the fulfillment, but you can have that along the way. Hmm. And so I had just been so focused on achieve, 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 achieve. Not that I didn't, you know, give back and uh, and I didn't, you know, serve and do those things that were fulfilling, but it was it was, you know, my my desires were a little bit my what I thought was going to bring me happiness was not what was really going to bring me happiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I just started, you know, taking meetings with everybody. I mm -hmm. I um, started asking questions. I'd be with you, you know, recently meeting you, and I'd be asking your story. I'd mm -hmm. ask what you like about your business. I'd ask. Yeah you know, why you do what you do, what you don't like, what your greatest challenges were. And yeah. I was just trying to take in as much info and go, okay, what do I want? Cause I didn't know what I want. Yeah. And, um, and I, as I go through that process, the, the dental practice comes along because my, my friend and I were talking, I had done some consulting in the healthcare space. Mm -hmm. And what I learned in that space was, man, what a, what a lot of, there's a ton of opportunity in the space. Where else today in, in 2020, 2021, do we have businesses that are using fax machines? And pagers, like wow. doctor, you know really? what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. they still they're use actually, those, still using that, those? That, that technology. Wow, right? geez. It's just ancient, you know, processes yeah. and stuff. And, and so I'm like, there's a lot of opportunity to innovate and to, to do things there. And there's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. However, it's highly regulated and there's just yeah. a lot of landmines everywhere. And so um, I was like talking about opportunity, but also going, but I also don't want to be in that space. Yeah. And he's like, well, what about dental practices? He's like, I've got like an uncle or brother-in-law. I think that's how the conversation started. He's like, and he's a marketing expert. He goes, um, you know, he wanted me to do some marketing for him, but mm -hmm. if I'm going to do the marketing, I might as well just own the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, cause he does yeah. start to finish, you know, uh -huh. he, he does the supply side and, and the marketing side and the fulfillment. So he's like, I might as well just have my own. I'm like, well, mm -hmm. can you own a dental practice without being a dentist? Mm -hmm. And that was the question that led to where we are today. I the started thing, going yeah. down this rabbit hole of what does it take? You know, and mm -hmm. you find out there's six States that you can be, a, not be a dentist and still own a practice. Mm, yeah. Um, the rest of them, you can own the management company that owns all the assets and all of the inventory and all of the non-clinical aspect of it. You can be mm -hmm. a um, dental service organization. Hmm. And um, and so I just started doing this discovery yeah. and more and more came to light. What was fascinating to me in the opportunity, I think the thing that got me the most excited is that most dentists are not business people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, They go to dental school, they don't go to business school. And why do they end up owning their own practice? Well, because it's what people do and it mm -hmm. seems exciting and you think you want it and you're ambitious about it. So you get out of dental school with all this debt, then you go take on more debt to buy a practice yep. and, and finance it and all of that. But then you get a few years down the road and you realize, wait a minute, what I really love, what I'm passionate about, I'm a technician. I wanna get in and I wanna work on those teeth. Yeah. I don't wanna hire, I don't wanna fire, mm -hmm. I don't wanna do payroll, I don't wanna worry about all these other elements of the business. I wanna clock in, clock out, work four days a week and make 250K a year. Yeah. That's where I wanna be. Yep. And so I was like, well, that means there could be a really big alignment here. I wanna run the business side of it. Yep. I want nothing to do with that yeah, aspect yeah, of yeah. it. Let's just find a way that we can synergize and work together. You know what's funny? I My mom, her family has nine, she has nine siblings, nine wow. kids total six are dentists 
wow. or, or orthodontists or maxillofacial. They're all in that game, and they, yeah. yeah, they're exactly where you're at. They yeah. they run their own practices, and they all have this this. They either gotta overcome and learn and just become a business owner yeah. at this point, or they yeah pass it off to somebody else. Did when you were looking at that industry too? Did you look at the what was the most lucrative aspect of about it? Was it the exit? Of could you could sell these? You mentioned that earlier. You can sell them to a bigger a bigger firm. So yeah. is that you're not in your head. Is that yeah. the biggest? That was the lowest lucrative part. Yeah. yeah, the biggest opportunity is that you can come in when you're buying, and it's it's turns out, and you probably know this better than I do, is with most businesses, when you own just one business, it's a standalone business. It's got a certain EBITDA multiplier, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And 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 a certain value to it. But when you have other aspects, ancillary businesses that support it, let's just say you have a. a, a a service business but if you have a if there's a tech business that you buy and you put it with it now the multiple is more tech based right yeah, yeah. same thing with multiple locations you buy a restaurant mm-hmm. and it's one multiple but when you have 50 restaurants it's a much higher multiple mm-hmm. there's the yeah. economies of scale yeah. there's also the different buyer right and that's what i found in the, in the dental space is that you could buy mm-hmm. at, a, at a certain multiple and you could when you have 15, 20 of them, you could sell at about three times that multiple Jeez. just by combining them together, getting the economies of scale, putting a similar look and feel and a brand around it, and you got a different buyer. And so that Gosh, got me excited awesome. as an arbitrage opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it's it like, I can is. suck at business and still win? Okay, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's get into it. So how long does that process take? Like, let's say, let's call it 20 dental practices. Yeah. How long does it take to go to each shop Mm-hmm. acquire them and then package it and then sell and exit what's that timetable i'm in it so okay. i don't know if i know that completely but yep. um i partner with a dentist that, that owned three practices he's mm-hmm. been through this before he's done 22 i shared the vision he's like yeah i've done this i yep. bought 22 we exited we did incredible yep. the numbers that you projected he basically went through all of my research and everything i had said i was like this is what i'm seeing he's like that's all true i was cool. like whoa really yeah, like, yeah. so we bought into his three, and then we just bought a fourth. So we're at four practices. Yeah. Um, started about four or six months ago, and um, and uh, what we're trying to do is wrap our arms around how do we how do we improve these. So mm-hmm. first thing we want to do is look at the revenue. Go how do we increase the revenue by twenty percent, and then how do we increase the EBITDA by mm-hmm. five to ten percent yep. at the EBITDA level? If we do that on top of bringing them all together, we get we do even better. You get awesome multiples. So we're yeah. getting that all figured out right now. Once that happens, it's just our it's just our financing partnership there, mm-hmm. and and our comfort level of going and buying. We're I'm actively in conversations with multiple practices right now in the acquisition yep. phase, but um, our goal in this is two to three years. Um, we've acquired all twenty, we've yep. optimized them, and then we've exited. Then you have an exit, and then mm-hmm. maybe repeat, maybe and then we'll not. Do it again. I guess, yeah, the goal we'll is to have this be you know fifteen to twenty the first time yep. around. If it's what we believe and, and the market's still good for it, the next time go for 100. Yeah, that's that's yeah. awesome. I was telling you earlier, I, we have a, a guy I know, he does it for funeral homes, same process. Yeah. He can buy 10 to 12 funeral homes for, you know, eight, nine yeah. million. In about 12, 18 months, he sells them for almost double. So yeah. 18 to 20 million, he sells them for. And then just, great, he pays off his investors. He yeah. keeps, and maybe it's anywhere from one to four million, you yeah. know, he takes. Yeah. And he starts over. <laughs> that's. Yeah. There's easy ways to make money. There's hard ways to make money. And that sounds <laughs> at least easy. sounds like a little bit easier. Um, I want to walk through actually the, cause you're a salesman. Yeah. I want to hear your sales pitch to a dental practice or a dentist. Essentially yeah. when you walk in or you're going to approach them, they're probably, are they act? They're not looking to sell. I'm guessing. Are you approaching them or are so, they trying to sell so far? Like I said, we bought three. Yeah. Right? And so it's, we're part the three that we bought or we bought four, but the three that we bought was with um, the dentist that yep. we're partners with. So that's a different conversation, right? Yep, yep. We're sharing the vision of where we're going. Yeah, he wants, he's more long-term. Yeah, but he's like, long-term. how about that fourth he's t- one? He's taking the, the ride. This is a fascinating one. So that, that's another part that lines up with this business is COVID hits. Mm. And you talk about uh, 
a disease that you're we're putting all these masks yeah. on. You can't go to the dentist. Yeah. So dentist practices were t tied down for three months. Mm -hmm. They were shut down for yeah. three months. And when I to told you back back up a little bit, business they're not typical business people. Mm -hmm. So a typical business person is going to be thinking ahead about having reserves, and you're not just running from running. Oh, cash flow is good. Let's buy yeah, a let's yacht. Going, cash flow yeah. is good. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so a lot of dentists were hit really, really hard because they're literally going, oh, we're doing X amount, you know, we're doing $7,000 a day in collections, we're great, let's just keep going, we'll buy another house, buy whatever else. Yep. Well, this particular deal um, that we looked at, this dentist, when February hit um, of 2020 um, and COVID hit, he had been 17 years in, in this practice, he had two practices, two or three, he quit. He literally quit his own practice and wow. went and took a job working for a corporate dentistry. So he could clock in, clock out, oh make his gosh. money, right? Yeah, that's what he wanted. And yeah. so he had his his practice listed at this, um, and then it came down to this, and we came in and offered this. Wow! And he fought, and then said okay, and he took this, and so wow, we yeah. bought his practice for less than what the inventory was worth in the practice. Oh my goodness! And uh, came in and kind of remodeled it and everything else. We just came in and offered, said, hey, you know, we'll take this thing off your hands, um, and it ended up being a win for him at, at that. You know, at that yeah, point. that's what he was wanting to get out. Yeah. Interest, that's cool. So like going forward, yeah. yeah, we're working with some brokers right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you mentioned it's like, well, you're probably going to find people that aren't looking to sell. I think that's that's the next element we're going to go for is mm -hmm. those that aren't looking to sell that are in the prime space, spaces we want to be that yeah. are doing the kind of business we want. I look at that and say, we come in and we have that conversation of, hey, what do you want? What do you want long term? Yeah. Are you the guy that enjoys doing the business and running those things? If you are, it's probably not a fit. Mm -hmm. But if you're the guy that's like, I want to clock in, clock out, work four days a week, make $250,000 a year, yeah. um, we can look at what kind of collections he's doing. We can keep paying him what he's getting paid, mm -hmm. take the other elements off, actually do it better than he's doing it, give a better experience for your customers. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and by the way, if you want to stay on and take this ride with us, we can give you an incentive kicker on the back end. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of actually potentially buying his practice, um, you know, let's say two and a half, three multiple today, um, why don't we just take this ride together and you know we'll give you, uh, we'll give you a kicker when we go and sell it for a seven or eight yeah. multiple in, oh, in cool. two three years. So that's the approach. Yeah, that's a good offer. I mean, it's a great offer yeah. for a for a dentist that wants to. Yeah, like you and, said, and he's not going to lose his job when we yeah. sell it again. Yeah. He gets to keep. They want to keep the dentist in place and everything else. Yeah. Um, the other dentist that will approach is the one that's looking to retire. Mm -hmm. um, other reasons why businesses are you know being sold or people are exiting is hey I'm I'm approaching retirement age or yep. I want to retire wonderful come in help us do a transition for six months to six mm -hmm. to twelve months um, if you can give us that three is plenty usually as well we'll go find an associate dentist we'll bring him in uh, we'll do a transition with your your patients and and um, we'll do some upgrades to make the experience even better for the mm -hmm. for the um, for the uh, patients that you currently have so that they stay happy and stay yep. with us and, and we'll keep them going then we'll offer con continued education to our associate dentist so that he um, stays with us long term mm -hmm. and um, it's a win-win-win. That's that's what Jeez, I love yeah. about this business, and and as you mentioned, these other businesses where people acquire and then they go and exit, is it's a win for it's aligned for the dentist, the, yeah. the, the person that's selling. It's an alignment for them. It's a win for us, and then it's a win for the customers because the customers are going to get a better experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're going to have multiple locations you can choose from. You're going to have better scheduling systems. Yeah, you're going to yeah. have better collections. You're going to have you're just going to have better follow-up. It's going to be a better business, better well-rounded business. That's the whole so thing, it's a win-win-win. Yeah. I love it, and yeah. and so and you're early on this. We got to maybe do a yeah. follow up in yeah. maybe a year, see where you guys yeah, are at. I this might think cool. it's all great and I crash and burn, but right <laughs> we'll now, we'll see. But it's looking good. Yeah, and it's interesting with COVID too. That yeah, distressed. I didn't think about that. Dentists are out. Yeah, a lot of opportunity. Um, 
in that space. It's pretty cool. Have you, have you're using your own money or you guys raise yeah. money at all or what? Yeah. So, um, I've got the dem dental partner yeah. and then, um, uh, myself and we have another partner and, okay. uh, me and the other partner, the, the financers of this of that. And, and then doing the business side of it. Yeah. Okay. Really uh, cool. What do you guys foresee? And this is, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the current state of, I guess the world economy a little yeah. bit, we have COVID we're recording this in March of 2021. So we've printed, trillions of dollars yeah. i think i think i've heard it's anywhere from 20 to like 35 percent of all u.s dollars were printed in the last 12 months yeah. which is absolutely all the 20 to 30 percent of all dollars that are in circulation yeah day. total dollars ever created we're creating the last 12 months that's a wild number right? which is crazy okay so yeah. what what do you see from your i know we're we're not macroeconomic we're just a couple of yeah, guys that, that trying to make some money <laughs> yeah. what what are you seeing in with that shift, and then you have a lot of other things. You have COVID, you have a vaccine hopefully coming out and, and coming into play. What do you see happening over the next? Do we have this? Everyone's been talking about this bubble that's even before COVID. This, oh, it's going to be, I've heard this since 2016. Yeah. Oh, next 18 months, watch yeah. out. Okay, no, another a year yeah. and another 12 months. It's just been, it's been pushed back. Yeah. It feels like, do you feel like we're going to have a bubble pop? Do you feel like we're going to have, uh, anyways, I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So you just presented two different things, right? You presented the bubble popping and then also all the money that's out there. Yeah. I focus on all the money that's out there. Mm. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. Yeah. And I don't feel good when I think about all the things that could go wrong. Mm -hmm. I like to look ahead and go, okay, where's the landmines? How do we avoid this? Or how do we be smart with those things? Mm -hmm. That's the extent as to my opinion on what's going on there, what may or may not happen there. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't want to be over leveraged and I don't want to do things that if this so-called bubble pops, um, I'm, I'm left with my pants down, right? Yeah. Um, however, I look at this trillions of dollars that are sitting on the sidelines, especially mm -hmm. in private equity. Oh, yeah. Tons and of smart money mm -hmm. that's sitting out there going, interest rates are basically zero. Mm -hmm. So we either have to go take really high risk in order to get returns or we make nothing. And so this money's mm -hmm. sitting on the sidelines. So I'm looking at it go, how do I get that? Mm -hmm. How do I tap into that? How do I make it safe and also a good return? Mm -hmm. And so that's the lens through which I'm looking. And I, I think that people right now, there's going to be opportunities in the, in the real estate space. I don't mm -hmm. think it's going to be like 2008 where, you know, people were just crushed and then there's mm -hmm. just houses selling for peanuts. Um, because people, if you've owned your house for two, three years, you've got 20% equity in your home. Yeah. So I, I don't think that that's going to be a problem. Uh, there might be some opportunities in the commercial real estate space just because businesses have changed the way that they're doing business mm -hmm. and there might be, you know, a surplus of inventory. Mm -hmm. um, but all in all, I think the opportunity is going to be you know, a, a true entrepreneurs are just salivating right now. Hmm. Um, as, as much as they may have had a step back in some ways, um, they're getting the opportunity to step up to the plate and have to pivot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the businesses, a perfect example, a fund that I'm a, a part of, you're in the fund space. Yeah, you, yeah you, I know you, the guys. You know as well, yeah. Savory yeah. Fund. Yeah. Um, Betas, R&R Barbecue, Swig. Swig was already a drive-through. Betas had a few drive-throughs, but R&R didn't. And immediately these guys got a drive-through system going mm -hmm. and they've integrated multiple different ways that they could, they could take advantage of um, the current climate and find a way to make it work. Mm -hmm. um, when most of their competitors are just getting crushed, they're thriving. They're Which is so interesting. They're in the restaurant business. You would be like, oh shoot, I'm a, I'm an investor in the restaurant business. Yeah. This is terrible. And these yeah. guys at least have done for right, right now have done very well, very, very well pivoted suit. I mean, it's been awesome to see what they've been able to do. Yeah. And, and so w what does that tell me? Um, the whole reason, as I look back at why I actually went into that fund, it had nothing to do with the concepts. In fact, it had nothing, especially had nothing to do with food and beverage because mm. I'm not a huge fan of that business. Mm. Um, I worked at Wingers as like a, as a busser and then I was a cook and I, yeah. dude, I hated the business. I'm yeah. like, this thing never ends. You're always cleaning up like all the way till late <laughs> at night and cleaning up in the morning yeah. and doing the same crap over yeah. and over. I just didn't like the business. The reason I did it is because of the people. Mm. I trust the people. 
Uh, they've got a great track record and they're guys that I know that when stuff happens, they're gonna find a way through it. Mm -hmm. And so with all this money on the sidelines, back to that point, I wanna be one of those people that the people with money trust. Mm -hmm. That they're like, okay, this guy, regardless of what happens, I can trust him that he's gonna do right by me and that they're gonna innovate, they're gonna pivot, they're gonna figure something out. I think it's so interesting, you keep saying money on the sidelines. I mean, it's so, uh, dry powder in private equity and, and hedge funds, all, I pretty much any funds, is, is at an all-time peak. I can't remember the last number. It was over It was over like half a trillion dollars, something yeah. like that, in dry powder. So those are commitments that people, they just haven't called the money down. Mm -hmm. That's number one thing. And you you decided to start a dental practice that sells to PE firms. I love that, tapping into that equity. Yeah. You see a lot of these SPACs and other crazy deals yeah. and money's just flowing everywhere. I, I read another report, even on the personal level, level, saving rates in Americans, this is the highest it's ever been since World War II the percentage of what people are saving, and so which is so I, interesting. Dude, I heard so, so I heard this number, I was on a call with a, um, a capital firm and they were talking about different things and they said that, you know, before that first stimulus bill, mm. there was like two trillion in CDs and savings accounts. Mm. And then after the trillion dollar whatever, there was three trillion. Yeah. People aren't spending the money. Yeah, it's and not so stimulating the economy. It's one not bit. stimulating that, yeah. the economy yet. Yeah. And so I think there's just so much opportunity out mm -hmm. there. Yeah. And uh, and that's exciting. And maybe with a, you know, a, let's call it a vaccine or whatever, the pandemic subsides, people are gonna, I think people are gonna probably start dumping those bank accounts into, well, we've already seen asset inflation. Yeah. Jeremy Powell keeps telling us that it's, there's no inflation or inflation's going, I don't, I don't know if I believe that yeah. in consumer price index, but um, anyways, we'll let him keep pumping the yeah. Fed. And <laughs> that's smart, that's over my figure. Yeah, it's smart, smart for him to do yeah. it. It's a, you know, a good thing to do. Um, which is pretty interesting. I, I love what you say though. The and entrepreneurs, every entrepreneur I know is has had one of the best years of their life mm -hmm. throughout COVID, despite maybe a few little industries, but they've had to pivot. Yeah. And uh, a lot of money is flowing. I think I, I was actually with an, an economist on this show a little bit ago, and he just, he said the same. He said the same thing. He said there is more money movement right now than any time in the history of the world. More money is changing pockets mm. than ever before, and it's going to entrepreneurs in whatever space they're in, who can figure out how to tap into those money supplies. Mm -hmm. And um, the sad thing, the wealth gap's getting bigger every day, especially when they print more money. Where, yeah. where does all that money go? Yeah. It goes right to entrepreneurs. Yeah. People aren't, you know, whether yeah. they, you know, they might save it for a little bit, but eventually it's gonna flow up to people who own and run businesses or operate or investors. It's gonna flow to, to wealthy people. Yeah. So it's interesting of, of where to position yourself now, seeing that, that wave coming yeah. in the future. Yeah, it's exciting. What are your thoughts on, I'm gonna shift gears again. What yeah. are your thoughts on, first off, we'll start Bitcoin. Okay. Cryptocurrency. Yeah. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Where are you at? I don't understand it well enough, hmm. but I buy it. It's you, the only you, thing where I break that rule of like, if I don't know what to do or if I don't mm -hmm. understand it, I don't invest in it. Hmm. But I trust enough of the people that, you know, are in it and have experience mm -hmm. in it. And maybe it's a little bit of FOMO. I don't know. I guess I can admit <laughs> that. But um, it totally is, bro. It's like, I, I bought a bunch of Bitcoin yeah. fairly at like, because you saw it hit like 10 grand. There was like yeah. 20 grand. Then it was at 30. And then it was yeah. at 40. And while it's, you know, I was, it was like mid twenties for me. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm not going to wait. I, you know yeah. what? I'm taking my gambling money on the sideline and park it here. But anyways, yeah. sorry, I, keep learned, going. I learned a good lesson. So I think it was 2017, maybe it was 2018 mm. and it was on this run yeah. and altcoins were just like spreading like wildfire. Yeah. And I just remember coming into the office and we'd be working on, you know, we were still running the door to door stuff mm -hmm. and I'd have managers and regional managers and VPs and guys coming in and going, dude, get this coin and, da -da -da. and I got this coin and I've already made a hundred percent return. And it was literally like, nobody was focused on the business. Like nobody, and everyone was a genius. Everyone yeah. was a genius, and everyone was gonna be a millionaire, yeah. billionaires, oh, yeah. right? And so, we're, I'm like, I had like 20 something coins, 
uh-huh. and I had a ton amount, ton of money in there, and uh-huh. I had no clue what any of it was, what it meant. Yeah. It was literally, if I heard somebody say a coin, I went and bought it. That's yeah. literally how ridiculous that <laughs> gotten. And, yep. um, and then we're all in Mexico on an incentive trip, and mm-hmm. it's cruising, right? But then it takes a dip, and we're like, oh, it does this all the time, yeah. and then it just kept dipping. And we're all like, no, it'll come back. So we kept buying the down, right? Yeah, you're buying the dip. Yeah, and guess what? It oh, just shit. went and went and went. And I, on my altcoins, the average amount that I lost, if you go into my wallet, was 96% oh on my, my altcoins, right? Wow. I lost a ton. Yeah. And, um, and it's to the point where it's like, oh, don't even sell that thing that you bought for 7000 that's worth 200 right now. Yeah. Just hold it. Maybe it busts again or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not worth getting your 200 out. So I just held and then the Bitcoin, I you know I obviously held as well. And Bitcoin, oh, so you held in, you didn't buy, sell out. Didn't you sell just said, out. I'm already, I'm already, I'm already here. Loss. We'll yeah. see, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, it was the best thing that happened for our business on one point because now guys started focusing on work again. They <laughs> were like, just going to be rich. They had to work now. <laughs> yeah. um, and then That's just funny. to see what it's done here, I'm like, okay, I can see it's gotten enough traction. It's not just a hype thing. Mm-hmm. Smart money's getting into it. Yeah. That's very very reassuring. There's yep. a finite amount, and if you look at Hey, look, we've printed 40% of, of the money in circulation oh over gosh. the last year. Um, this isn't something you can just go and print more of. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the use case and the, the functionality of it, the speed, um, the lack of resistance that's mm-hmm. there. Business, those are the two words. Like, how fast can you go and how much resistance can you remove from the equation? Mm-hmm. I That's what I understand about the idea of it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a believer. I've got some money in it. Um, I'm not somebody holding thousands of coins and yeah. going, you know, I was smart early on, but yeah, I've got, yeah. a, I've got enough to be, to be excited and yeah. cheer for it. Yeah. I love it. I think that's, a, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny too about your sales guys. It's so true. I, yeah. we've experienced the same thing. I, I have a couple guys that work for me that are trading like crazy right now. And it's been yeah. a, you know, we've had this en- enormous bull market yeah. for, and everyone's making everyone's money. A everyone's a genius. Yeah. Everyone. I, I love, I love that quote too. Everyone's a genius and yeah. you know, about Bitcoin until it goes down. Um, which is, I think is so funny. <laughs> it's funny too, whenever Bitcoin dips, cause I, you see all these guys on Instagram or whatever, every time Bitcoin's up, they're posting about it. You <laughs> see it everywhere, right? Yeah. Bitcoin's up. And then the moment it dips, like it's just crickets, yeah. right? No one says yeah. it. I just think it's hilarious that that yeah. happens. Um, okay. So, and that's cool that you kept your coins and awesome. Congrats yeah. on you. That's, I mean, it's, at least as of today, it's done yeah. well. Um, and NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Yeah. Don't Thoughts? understand it yet. I don't really get it. I mean, I get, I get, I've read up on it. I just, I was like, man, should, should we launch one? Do you want to start an F- NFT? Dude, I, I want to learn. I want to learn how it's a lot of money, right? Yeah. There's a lot of money flowing to it. It's yeah. kind of interesting. So yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Have you bought any, have you gotten any of those? No, again, I, that's, I literally, I heard the term for the first time two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. know where my head's been, but literally two weeks ago, I heard it on a clubhouse room yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, should I ask or is this like really common knowledge? Like this is common knowledge. This mm-hmm. is the one I ask in front of like 250 people. <laughs> so I Googled it and, and I think I came up with a different term for NFT and then I ended up like finding listening me. more and then finding, <laughs> okay, non-fungible tokens, Another, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I think I read something that Gary Vee put out and I, I started to mm-hmm. understand that um, owning a lot of it's in art right now, yeah. but I need to, I need to understand it a little bit better before I do anything with it. It's just, it's so, and get back to the point you're saying there, there is so much money mm-hmm. flowing to everything right yeah. now. And if you can just put your bucket out and mm-hmm. catch some of it, it mm-hmm. and that's what it seems like, at least yeah. currently, it just seems like yeah. that way. We've seen that in our businesses and everything. We just took our first um, crypto payment as somebody bought one of our programs and stuff. And we took, that's awesome. I was like, you want to send me Bitcoin? I gave him my little number and it went through and I was, it was kind of cool. It was that's like exciting. A, coming, I guess people have done that for years, but yeah. for me, it was a first time, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to ask you uh, another question. You, yeah. you mentioned about the save refund, yeah. investing in there. Yeah. From a LP point of view, I'm yeah. sure you get pitched all the time. What pitches, so if people are watching this show, they want to pitch someone like you that's wealthy and maybe wants to put some money in. 
what's pitches that get through to you and what's pitches that you're like, nah, I would never talk to that person. How, what are yeah. some, maybe some good examples of people that have approached you and you're like, I like that guy. Maybe you didn't even know him beforehand yeah. and they somehow were able to like, you know, like and trust them and you're like, yeah, I would actually put money into that. Yeah. Walk us through that. Yeah, I'll tell you my path on that one is, so um, first I heard about it from a friend and, and business partner of mine. Hmm. He's like, ah, I'm putting some money into this thing. Um, actually he had told me prior to the fund opening up that he was involved in the four foods group. Mm -hmm. And he was very satisfied with it, had done really well. And the people that were doing it were great stewards of his money. Yeah. And then when uh, I heard the Savory was coming out and they're doing a similar concept, um, I had a good idea of who these mm -hmm. people were. I had spent a little bit of time with them out on the racetrack doing some of the fun stuff. Yeah. And I just, I built a rapport with them. So you had a good relationship. You had, had, a, a, relationship. Refer you had a referral and then you built a good relationship. And then I too. built a good relationship. Cool. And, and for me, it was, okay, what's your track record? Mm -hmm. um, and what what is your vision for this? And their vision was, it made tons of sense. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I liked the guys and I trusted them. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I felt like it, you know, some people come and they approach you with like, you can't miss out on this opportunity. Like we're doing you a favor by letting you in on this. That mm -hmm. doesn't feel good to me. Cause mm -hmm. it's like, well, if you're doing me, like, I know you're a nice guy, but like, there's also something in it for you. Mm -hmm. And, and so when people are just transparent with me and they're like, look, yeah. this is what's in it for us. This is what we're trying to do. This is massive for us. And here's the opportunity for you to take a ride. We'd love to have you. We want you, but we don't need you. Mm -hmm. We'll figure, you know, and so you can do that mix of those things. And I was just like, okay, I trust you. Let's, let's take this yeah. ride. And, um, ever since they've proven every aspect of that mm -hmm. true. And so that's, yeah, and that's been the formula for me. You're going to put more money in. Yeah. yeah. As they continue to, to grow. Yeah. That's, that's a, I think that's interesting too, of the, um, I was reading a, another study done on generations and just how people think. Yeah. Um, right now, at least I was reading the last three years, people distrust everything doesn't matter what it is more than ever before look at the media i mean look at the media look at and that, there's there's a reason why right yeah. you look at everything you're like yeah. people just call bs on mm -hmm. everything especially i was looking at um gen z they were looking at that generation specifically gen z which is i can't remember the age groups it's like under 20 i think they're 24 okay. and to like maybe like 16 or four somewhere somewhere around yeah. there but under 24 they're the most distrusting generation hmm. we've, we've ever had they take nothing for face value. They don't trust any news outlets. They really don't trust anything. Yeah. And it makes sense, right? It's yeah. kind of the nature of what they grew up in. And yeah. I think you hit a, a good point there of the old, and I, I think you know people that are raising money are marketers. You're a marketer, mm -hmm. you're a salesman, whatever you mm -hmm. wanna call it, you're selling your product. You've gotta be transparent 100% and yeah. just be real. Yeah. And I think it's, it's being proven more and more every single day. And you see that on online marketing, you see that with raising money, you see it with everything. Um, of being, you said, yeah, being just 100% transparent and then fulfilling on those promises yeah. there. You've, you've met Andrew Smith and probably, right? Mm -hmm. I, Smith, I haven't met him. Greg, I know of him. I've been yeah. in the same room with him a couple of times. You yeah. meet Andrew Smith, yeah. you meet Greg Warnock, you mm -hmm. walk out of the room, you're a better person, you feel better about who you are mm -hmm. and you, they edify you. They leave people better than they find them. And yeah. those are the kind of people I want to do business with. So that's the kind of person I want to be. Hmm. I love it. Yeah. I want to ask you, okay, if a couple, if you got a little bit of time here, Absolutely. a few more questions on self-development. Yeah. You've got a group of guys, 12 guys you work mm -hmm. with. How did that come about first off? Yeah. And then what are some things that you talk about in there with these guys? And I, and I've seen your stuff on Instagram and other places. I know you're, you're big into that. And mm -hmm. I, and I want to hear some of your kind of insider secrets on how you help transform people's lives in all aspects, relationship, business, emotional, spiritual. Yeah. Walk me through that. Yeah. So, uh, how did it start? You know, is that first part you said, and, and, um, I've been on a journey of, mm -hmm that self-reflection and, and being very introspective about what matters most, what do I want most um, as a husband, as a father, mm -hmm. um, you know, as, a, as an entrepreneur and, and as a leader. Um, you know, I, uh, I tell this story that when I was uh, all growing up, um, 
I had this conversation with friends over and over. Maybe you can relate to this. It was like, we're out on, you know, we're out on the grass, we're up at my buddy's loft, whatever, and we're talking about, by the time I'm 30, hmm. was the phrase. Because at that time, you know, as a, as a young kid or a teenager or whatever else, 30's old, but you're still cool. Yeah. At least to your perspective yeah, yeah, at that yeah. time. And so I was like, by the time I'm 30, I'm gonna be a millionaire. By the time I'm 30, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna own a house, I'm gonna be married, I'm gonna have a kid, mm -hmm. I'm gonna own a business, like all the things, right? And um, what's fascinating is my 30th birthday came. Hmm. And my 30th birthday was one of the most depressing days of my life. Hmm. And yeah. I, I still remember it clearly as like the way I felt all day. I was, I was living by like those messages of like, happy birthday. I was like, oh, that filled me up for a second. And then and yeah. I was like, I needed this. And I was like, wow. what is going on? There's yeah. this empty vessel here. And so hmm. um, this was after you sold your business. No, it was before. Oh, before. But you'd before. made good money. You'd done well. You'd, you know, yeah. So probably hit some of those. Yeah. See, the, the reason I was depressed wasn't because I didn't hit those. It was because I had hit every single one of them, but I didn't feel any different. Oh, interesting. And so I had to look at it and go, what is this? So I thought that those things would make me happy, but mm -hmm. it wasn't those things that made me happy. And so I had to ask, okay, well, I still want those things, mm -hmm. but what do I want most? Mm -hmm. And what I found, and, and I'm actually even wearing my bracelet today, is my freedom bracelet. My wife got me mm -hmm. this. Freedom is like okay. this key thing for us. And we watched Braveheart last night. It was her first mm -hmm. time seeing Braveheart. If you haven't seen that movie. Yeah. Like the part where he says freedom and, and like we're watching you know what's funny theater. about that? My wife has seen all these movies. I like I'm like, you haven't seen that movie? Really? Like like Star Wars. We watched yeah. all the Star Wars, we yeah. watched all the Lord of the Rings. I was like, You haven't <laughs> seen these movies? Anyway, yeah. sorry, keep going though. No, I cut you off, but yeah, no, Braveheart, we're, incredible we're, movie. We're I sitting, love it. We had like been out on date night, come home, relieve the babysitter, and I went down to the, the theater. She had been watching a show and Braveheart was on. And I was like, honey, come down here. Like, best movie ever is on. Mm -hmm. And it was only like 20 minutes into it. And she's like, I've never seen this. I'm like, you have never seen it? Sit down right now. We're watching this. Yeah, yeah. And it gets to the part where he, he yells, you know, they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like sitting right there. And I startled her, just yelled, freedom. And she's like, you're crazy, <laughs> whatever. That's but awful, I just, yeah. it fuels me up. Freedom is that like, what do I want most? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what sometimes happens and what I learned is that sometimes what we want, like level one want, mm. isn't what we want most. And sometimes that thing that we want, level one, we sacrifice what we want most in order to have it. And that's mm -hmm. what I had done. I had sacrificed freedom in order to have these things. Whereas mm -hmm. I could have those things if I would have focused on what I wanted most and I'd be fulfilled at the same mm -hmm. time, if yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. So it was a very big learning for me. I took this journey. I started jumping into personal development. Um, I had a coach who was spending a lot of money mm -hmm. um, yeah. going to events and, and having one-on-one -on -one and really just looking in. And one of the things that I learned that I teach to, to my, my people today is freedom is the definition of freedom is being who you're truly here to be. Hmm. We spend so much time trying to do hmm. um, and we don't spend as much time being. And so hmm. you kind of lose touch with who you really are. And I found and learned about myself that I'm a big time people pleaser mm -hmm. and I want everybody to be happy. I want to make everybody else happy. And yeah. sometimes that's at the sacrifice of me being happy. Hmm. And so, um, I, I wanted to do this for other people because I had just received an incredible gift. Yeah. But I didn't know how to start. And unlike other businesses, um, my, my pattern for starting other businesses is start mm -hmm. and then learn and mm -hmm. then pivot and yeah, then yeah. go. And I didn't feel like I could do that with this business because I'm like, what I'm doing is so important. I can't do that with people's emotions. So I was like, I got to learn how to do this and know that I can do this in a way that is in integrity with what they're entrusting in me. Hmm, it was an interesting yeah. thing, but it was also, when you get down to it, it was a little bit of a story because I was afraid to do it. And yeah. it was something that was new. Um, and a friend came to my house one day and he just said, hey, Jeremy, you need to do this. Well, here's how mm -hmm. you do it. Get online today when I leave your house 
and I want you to get on and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer a six-week course. Who'd be interested in what kind of topics would you be interested in hearing from mm -hmm. me yeah. based on what they know about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a bunch of people responded, said they'd be interested. They gave me topics. So I chose six topics and said, I'm going to do a six-week course. It's going to be an hour a week. I'm going to teach on these six random topics. Mm -hmm. Just going to test it out, see how I like it, see how well I do, get some feedback. Yeah. Um, 17 people signed up for that. Um, about halfway through, they started asking, will you do one-on-one -on -one coaching? And I'm like, mm, cool. I don't know yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But by the next week, I was like, yeah, I think I want to do that. Mm. Let's, let's test this out at least for the next year. We'll commit to it, and if we decide not to do it, we won't, but we'll give it everything we can for the next year. Yeah. And I uh, came up with a, you know, a course. I had two people sign up for that, and um, at the time, got going uh, with that, and about three weeks later, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do this. So I posted on social media and mm -hmm. said, hey, I'm looking to bring on a few more clients who would be interested. 40-something people responded, blew my mind, showed me the mm -hmm. value of social capital. Yeah. Um, from that, I ended up signing up 10 people. And, and I have you know, 10 people in a group. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do uh, you know, a one-on-one -on -one coaching call each month. And then I also do a, a group call mm -hmm. um, where they're able to mastermind and collaborate together. And some of the things, that, cool. yeah. some of the things that we focus on, um, and you know, a lot of them come thinking, he's gonna share some secret sauce that's gonna help me transform my business and make a ton of money. Mm -hmm. And what they, what they end up realizing is that the door to success swings inward. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we do a lot of inner work and, and really looking at how am I showing up? Who am I? Where am I and where do I want to be and what's holding me back from getting there? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's this, you know, really being honest with who you are, what you want, what you desire, what your vision is, what your culture is. Um, we talk a lot about relationships and, and how to create abundant relationships mm -hmm. instead of operating from scarcity where it's kind of where a lot of us are programmed and, and um, it's been it's been super powerful and had a lot of really meaningful conversations. I learned a ton from, from yeah. my clients. So. Jeez, it's not well. You can just see the passion in your voice yeah. and how you're talking about it. You, it sounds like you love it. I and do. You love I being a part do. of it. Yeah. yeah. I think um, I've heard that it sounds. It's become almost cliche, but I think it's true. Of yeah. the 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 biggest thing stopping your business and everything is you, right? Yeah. The door. Okay. You said the door swings inward, and uh, I've um, I love self development stuff. Maybe I have to join your program or something. I love yeah. I love um, Tony Robbins and all those guys. I've read all their books and try to I try to just consume it. Yeah. Because, um, and I love one thing that Tony Robbins, it's just stuck with me forever, but he talks about, you know, the billionaire that has the terrible kids and relationship and they've hit all this success, but then have nothing, right? Yep. He goes, you gotta figure out how to be happy now mm -hmm. and be fulfilled today, mm -hmm. not when you have X, Y, Z thing. And then those are fun to reach after. That's, that's when it's fun, yeah. right? You go figure out all these great things that are fun to go after, but it's nothing's gonna happen unless you're fulfilled today. And you're gonna be empty once you hit those other 100%. mystical goals in the future. It. So I love it. Um, for people that are you looking for people more people i'm open to it you're open if I'm they're the right fit maybe yeah. Okay. yeah so it's not it's not for everybody i'm not for everybody i think coaching really is key that it's the right person for the right client and the mm -hmm. right coach yeah um not everybody's cup of tea but it's not my full full-time thing mm -hmm. it's the fulfilling aspect and i'm at a great spot right now i'm open to bringing on people that are really serious and willing to do the work i'm not going to turn that person turn okay. that person away but yeah well hey if you're interested you're watching this you're probably Instagram yeah. is that a good way to reach yeah. out to you? So yep. Jeremy Nevis on Instagram, hit him up. Yeah. See if you, maybe you do a little interview or something. See if it's yeah. a good fit. It's probably not a cheap. It's not a cheap program. Yeah. But it's important, right? Yeah. And it's crucial. And it's going to be one on one, and it's going to be really cool. Yeah. Um, for the next um, couple of years, do you, is this kind of what you see your, yourself into? You're doing the, you're doing the dental practices. I know you mentioned you're doing private lending and other things like yeah. that, syndications and coaching consulting. Yeah. What, are, what do you got any other? bigger things at least for the current thing right now or is that i mean those are pretty big we're, we're working on at? adopting is it you know our family right okay. now we're trying to grow yeah. our family yeah. so on the personal side of things um i'm all about you know 
um, all about family, love my son and, and my wife and, and our relationship there, and we're in the process of adopting and yep. adding there. So that's a big project we're yeah. undertaking right now yeah. and um, something I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about. So that I want to have a lot of fun and a lot of experiences. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I love most, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, friends and networking. But um, these, are the, these are the things. I'm not closed off to other things, and um, I'm really, really open. I'm, I'm just a big student right now. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm taking action in some of these things, but they're all things that are new for me. If you look mm-hmm. at all three – coaching, raising capital, and then also buying businesses and selling businesses. I've never done any of this before. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really in this path where I'm progressing. And if, if something else comes that um, gives me that opportunity to learn and, and uh, still be able to fit it into to my life, Works I'm open out. to it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah, I hope you guys get a baby soon. And Thank you. congrats on that as well. Okay, um, last like question or two. I want to, um, for people watching this that yeah. are, maybe they're the cusp. I'm like, oh, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. What's some parting advice you would leave someone? Let's just say, let's leave it broad, entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. People that want to be an entrepreneur, start their own business or scale their business. What's some advice that you would give to those people, maybe even yourself 10 years earlier, 12 years earlier? Yeah. What's some parting advice you'd give? Yeah. Don't get too caught up in like creating something that's unheard of, something that's new, mm-hmm. being, a, being an inventor or whatever else. I think so often when people are like, I want to get into business, I've got to come up with this new, great The next idea. Facebook. Or, you got yeah. to figure mm-hmm. that out. And then you compare to everybody else's journey. Don't get caught up in that. I'd say, mm. what are you passionate about? What are you good at? Mm. If you can find something that you love that you're also good at, mm. you don't know A to Z, but I get clear on where you want to be. Like, what what role do you want to be playing? Do you want to mm. be the guy running and operating a business? Do you want to be the guy that's helping other people do that? Do you want to orchestrate the team? Mm. What role do you want to play in this? Get, get clear on that end vision. And don't let the how stop you from figuring out what that end vision is. I think that's mm. what stops most people is, Here's like what I'm good at that I love, and this is where I want to go. But I can't figure out that because I don't know the how. Mm-hmm. Let go of the how for now. Just play along mm-hmm. and, and create a vision of like where you really would want to be. And then as far as the how goes, who do you need to become? Mm-hmm. Who's somebody you know that's doing this? And who are they? What are their values? What are their, what, how do they show up? Because that will dictate and that will show to you the mm-hmm. strategy. If it's like, well, I need to be disciplined. That person is disciplined. They're courageous. They're all of these things. Mm-hmm. What does somebody who's courageous and disciplined do? Mm-hmm. They ask for help. Mm-hmm. They take that first step. They show up. They start. So that's that's my that's my best advice for somebody who's mm-hmm. wanting to start a business. Get clear on that. What you're good at. What you what you love. Where do you want to be? Mm-hmm. And then start. You know, as far as the how goes, you're not going to know A to Z when you start. But when you know step one, start and do it. More will be revealed to you. You'll learn. Mm. And then you just start going to the next level. I think that's fantastic advice. I, I um, just, to echo, like, just to compliment what you just said, I had, um, when I was in college, yeah. I met with a mentor. Yeah. And I said, I, I don't know what my major is going to be. Yeah. Oh, I got to pick a major. I don't know what to do in school. And he's like, it's the dumbest question you've ever asked me. And I was like, what do you, he goes, what's your vision? Like you just said, what's yeah. your, what do you want to be when you're, 30 or 40 or 50 who who not just career but who do you want to become and let's work back from there and stop yeah forget about the how figure out there and then we'll we're going to work backwards from there and the your major in college Mm -hmm. is the last question you're going to answer for that and i it was it was life actually life altering advice for me and it really struck me and it was something that that changed my life yeah um i love i love that for people that want to reach out to you, learn more, what's a great way to, to figure stuff out? Yeah, social media. I'm on mm-hmm. Instagram. It's at Jeremy Nevis. Nevis mm-hmm. is seven spelled backwards. Easy way to remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, it's at Jeremy Nevis underscore, but you type in Jeremy Nevis, you'll find me. Uh, Instagram, Facebook's the same. 
Uh, my website, jeremynevis.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get in contact with me any, anywhere. Okay, so go, yeah, if you guys want to be part of your, your group, maybe he'll accept you, yeah. maybe not, but doing yeah. a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeremy, thanks so much for coming on yeah. today. Thank you. It's been fun to chat and hang Absolutely. out. So yeah, it's well, been great. we got to follow up maybe in a year or two yeah. from now on your dental practice and everything that's going on. So we'll have to Absolutely. have you back. Yeah, I appreciate you. Yep. Hey, what's going on? Wasn't that awesome? So what we've done is made a Facebook group that is free to the public. You've got to opt in and join it, but I go live in there every single Wednesday to walk through your questions, do live Q&A and walk through new topics. So if you want to connect with me, want me to answer your questions directly, join our Facebook group. It's Investment Fund Secrets. If you go online, you'll see it. We have a private group for our mastermind members. It's not that one. It's our free group. You guys can hop in, get questions answered, meet other people starting funds and, and join our Investment Fund Secrets family. If you guys are interested, go to Facebook Investment Fund Seekers. I'll see you guys inside.